Welcome back. Time for episode two or official episode one. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. So what's on the docket today? I know we finished off the last one talking about we were going to talk about some things we don't want to talk about and some serious things and some things with depth and so forth. So what are we, what are we chatting about today? We're going to just talk that talk, man. We're going to get into a subject that I think um, is one of those things that affects a lot of people but mm-hmm. is in our community behind the veil. No right. one really directly talks about or discusses in an open discussion. Um, we're talking about divorce. That's right, that's right. Um, we both have uh, extremely personal um, experiences with that taboo word, ooh, divorce. Right. Um, uh, and uh, let's, let's, dive, uh, let's dive right in. So, you, so basically, we, we have two different experiences. Yeah. You were uh, a child in a household where there was a divorce, mm-hmm. and I was the one getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a first-time experience being the person, and you have an experience being a kid. Uh, so I know when I was going through it, it was it was a difficult time for you as well. Absolutely. Um, just because it brought back a lot of these old memories and stuff. So when you think divorce, what comes to your mind? How do you? Um, it's weird. I remember when you first mentioned um, that you know it, it may be going down that road in your relationship, and the first thing that I felt was uh, fear, and it was. It, it took me right back to you know 1999 when my mom was going through the divorce with my dad, and you know as a kid you have these experiences and then when you have an experience with something that's the definition of that word. So anytime it comes up, it puts you right back. Right. Yeah, and uh, it fucked me up when I heard you say that. I was like, and I remember in my head thinking. I am going to do everything in my power to make sure this does not happen because I cannot go through this again. Right, yeah. But the growth aspect that happened on my end was like, yo, he's living his own life. Like, it's it's like, it, your experience and your, you going through what you went through helped me deal with that. Right. And uh, deal with that child and kind of put that to bed because to me, it's the only thing that is, is like, hey, it's... Violent, it's um, uh, two parties that are completely going to war. It's war. War is probably the best way to put it. I'm going to go to war with this person. I agree. I think uh, initially, right, when you think about it or in our community, right away you get this aversive reaction Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, you know. And immediately, for some reason, you do think domestic disputes. You think domestic violence. And in our community, when someone said they're getting divorced, it was like, oh, did he hit you? Mm -hmm. Or or he was hitting you? Or Mm -hmm. things like that. And and for some times, it has to get to that in order for the person to get divorced. That, There's yeah. a lot of women in our in our community that are yeah. in very poor relationships yeah. and they don't have the freedom, I'm gonna call it that. Mm-hmm. They don't have the freedom to get divorced yeah. as much as they would like to. And I think that's what I wanted to raise awareness on in today's episode was not so much about, yeah, I have my experience, but what I saw in my experience was the way that the women get treated. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for women growing up, it, it's almost like in our community, it's more of a salient thing to get married and like that's like your job. Right. And it's like, you know, sometimes women will say to someone like an elder or something like manager or something like that. They won't even give you uh, a kudos to that. They'll say, oh, that's fine. That's the typical Indian thing. What's next? What's next? Like, exactly. So you got to tick off the good job, education, and right. marriage. And then after that comes kids. 
right? Yeah. For some women, that the job part isn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. Like other people don't even value yeah. what they yeah. do as, as being valuable, yeah. right? And so I, I think that is very demeaning to the women. And after that happens to them, and now they're going around community and society, they got to show up to parties, etc. They're not there with their partner anymore, mm-hmm. and and it can be tough for them. And and, and another thing that I noticed also was just to speak back to you know, when you heard the word and the way it made you feel. When I was working and I would mention to people, would ask me, oh, how's it going and so forth. And I would let them know I'm a pretty transparent person. I said, yeah, you know, this is what's happening. And immediately, the first thing they say is, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. We naturally do that. Yeah. Now, let's say if there was a female who was being beat and finally she got divorced, she had freedom yeah. and she's happy. She walks into your thing right. and she mentions to you that she'd been divorced and you say, I'm so sorry to hear Little that. Little do you know that she's finally in a, in a great, great spot, place, yeah. and so by doing that, sometimes we almost make it make the person feel like you fucked up. Mm-hmm. You made a poor decision, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of the times, to speak back to when you were thinking like, oh, you want to do everything to stop this from happening, because that was your personal experience with it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times when people are stepping in for these reconciliations, it's more about them than it is about you. It's more about protecting their family's name or low-kiki kange. Yeah. They don't care about the struggles that you yeah. have and so forth. And yeah. so, yeah, those are some of the things Definitely. that- Like, if I look back at like, you know, 1999 for an Indian woman to divorce her husband, it was a very unpopular thing, very taboo subject. It was frowned upon. Right. So I remember, I mean, people pulled all the stops. Like, I mean, my, my father was an abusive alcoholic. I mean, he's very, very well known. Um, uh, and um, it got to the point, like you were saying, where it has to get to that point for some women for them to leave. And uh, yeah, I got to that point. I remember vividly sitting in the car with my mom. We were parked outside of what used to be our house with our father. And it was me, my brother, my sister, and my mom. And she looked at us and uh, she's like, I have to leave your father, but I can't leave him without your guys' support. Yeah. Because you guys mean the world to me. Yeah. And um, I remember it was like an unequivocal yes. We all put our hands together and it was pissing rain that day and uh, I remember like I I could smell the leather in the car still and um, from then on I mean my mom is blessed to have um, the support of her brother that was like no you have to leave this guy and it's just like not healthy for you it's not healthy for the kids and all of that stuff and um, then you know, because of the, like going deeper into the experience, I mean, it got nasty in court. It, it was like he was he was doing a lot of crazy shit, talking a lot of stuff, and um, trying to make his case better because he didn't want to, you know, have to go deep into paying um, child support and 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 uh, like all the property stuff that happens and all the nasty stuff that happens in the divorce. And my mom like tried to kind of keep us away from this but me and my brother and my sister were like nosy kids and like you know we lived in a house with one washroom you know seven people living in a house with you know two bedrooms three bedrooms rather and um so if anyone's talking about something you hear it so we knew everything that was going on because my mom was trying to protect us and i remember my mom even telling us listen you still have a father you should still meet him you should still go see him but hearing all the shit that was going on from like his family and all of that stuff, we didn't want anything to do with it. It was a so matter of picking sides. That's it. And it wasn't even that we, it was enforced on us that you pick a side, it's either me or him. And it was more like, yo, you said that about my mom? 
like you said that about my mama who's taken us in graciously yeah, yeah. um uh, and um so that was my definition of like you know that's probably what a divorce is yeah right um uh, and just to speak to that so support i mean that's huge mm -hmm. for someone going through it you definitely need support and in our community, some people don't get the support that they require. I think I was very lucky in that I received the support that I required. Uh, my parents are, are very, very awesome people and they accepted the decision that I was making and, and they completely took me in and so forth. But that's not the case for everybody. Mm -hmm. And especially the women. Mm -hmm. It's hard for them to kind of like, it's kind of like, some of that, sometimes they, their parents will say, we married you off and, and now it's, you're, you're on your own kind of thing, right? And, and it's sad to see that, like this notion of and that, that's it. Yeah. It's almost like you take it and then it's like if you mess up or whatever, it, you're good. Not necessarily saying that that's what happened to my partner, but I see it. And I, yeah. and I see it happening amongst certain families and, and so forth. So I know you were there for support for me and, and I'm very, very thankful for that. And I think a lot of people, they don't get that what they get is the other people projecting their agendas on them i think it does it, it, it takes so long to people for people to get to that level of being able to say fuck how am i going to tell my mom exactly i'm going to let my parents down yeah well it's not always the case like if we were to talk about like you know what happens with divorces nowadays i mean yes there's still a lot of domestic disputes there's a lot of substance abuse that leads to this type of stuff unhealthy environment to be living in together with someone but sometimes people just rush into relationships. 100%. Everyone's got this fire under their ass yeah. that they want to just get married. Like you were saying, it's yeah. imposed on them and yeah. stuff like that. And you end up... And you see it everywhere. You see yeah. it on Instagram. You see it everywhere. You see yeah. these elaborate weddings and yeah. so forth. And yeah. then you have people rushing into it at 24, 23, They want 25. the wedding more than they want the exactly. marriage. And yeah. we got a few things we got to consider. Well, your prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed till like late 20s, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing, What's the statistical divorce rate of Canada at, the, mm -hmm. at this point? It's about 50 or 60%. Yeah. So I ask you, if you were to board a flight, you had a 50% or 60% <laughs> chance of surviving, would you take that flight? No. Probably not, right? Yeah. But you can mitigate the risk in mm -hmm. relationships and marriage. Mm -hmm. And then there's ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And I feel that people that are successfully doing that are able to navigate themselves through marriages and they understand the compromise that lays in front of them. Yeah. The other thing I noticed as well is Growing up, a lot of us come from stern patriarch, patriarchal homes mm -hmm. where your father works, your mom works and does all the work at home. Yeah. So when your yeah. father comes home and so forth, he doesn't, he just, his job is to work, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. And so we see our fathers and we see men in our community acting a certain way. Mm -hmm. As men, we look at them and say, okay, well, this is how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I know my, for my brother and I, growing up, we looked at our older cousins. They were getting married early 20s, mid 20s. Oh, this looks like what everybody does. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do it, right? Yeah. Did not understand the commitment and, and the amount of responsibility mm -hmm. that comes with that decision. Definitely. Uh, and I think I learned uh, a lot about that um, for sure. And and then I dove into a lot of other stuff. I started reading a whole bunch of academic studies. And I know for a while we were, we were helping out uh, people with addictions and so forth. And that led me into reading about domestic disputes in, in Surrey and so yeah. forth. And there's a huge thing going on where the police show up and all of a sudden the female says, I don't want to charge him or so forth. Well, now they've changed it where the crown is just going to charge. And so, yeah. and so they pick up, they take the guy, they have to take him. They take mm -hmm. him. The guy's family ends up calling the girl and saying, look what you've done. Yeah. You, you sent our boy to jail. How could you, they ridicule her and so mm -hmm. forth. And reading some of that stuff, it was just so hard yeah. reading some of that stuff. And I think we definitely need a shift. And the biggest shift I noticed was 
I was a very judgmental person. Yeah. Uh, growing up, because I came from privileged backgrounds in certain manners, like I got to go to a good school, I didn't have to worry about working when I was in my teens and yeah. so forth. Um, there's a lot of experiences that I was kind of guarded from, but that's not the case for, for everybody well, else. It's, you know, first generation Canadians, we live, we live in this, this, um, this matrix, if you will, right? So you grow up in a household where you have that patriarchal system, and then you get married, well, you're gonna probably marry someone that's first generation as well. So when you move in together, it's a whole different system, 100%. right? It's, it's one of respect, mutual responsibility, and it's one of that, you can't take the lessons and this observatory behavior that you've taken from your parents and apply it to your relationship. That's a quick recipe for disaster. So I, what I learned after you know being married, and me and Ruby were together for, 12, 12 plus years, you're gonna kill me if I don't know the exact name. <laughs> Sorry, Ruby, if you're saying. But um, it, it, we, we got into it, we got married, and I had the same thing. And it was like, okay, so, you know, we live, we live in this house together, we, we moved out on our own um, uh, with my brother in law and sister in law. And it was one of the first times where you had a proper responsibility. Okay, someone's gonna cook, one other person's gonna clean, we're gonna do laundry together, someone's gonna do the floors. And it was just like, holy shit, what the fuck? I gotta work all day and I gotta come home and I gotta cook. And I remember vividly when I first, my, my responsibility was to cook and I, I, I fucked up a lot of dishes, right? And I just didn't like, I remember sitting there in front of the stove one day and thinking, my mom would work all day, come home to a husband who's pissed drunk on the couch, and have to make food yeah. for everyone Everybody. in the house. Yeah. And here I am complaining like a little bitch about having to do this living for coming from privilege. The wake-up call that I had yeah. was fucking nuts. Yeah. And now, it's completely changed. Now we've been married for um, three years now, and um, going on four this May. Sweet, I got it. Um, uh, and I have a whole, like, I love the duties that I have. I have yeah. a sense of responsibility because, yeah. and I'm learning this lesson more and more as we grow up, we cannot take the lessons that we observe and learn from our parents and apply them to our lives. Yes, that is correct. We're living two different lives, right? Yeah. It's, it's almost like a different mesh. And I'm now starting to see we can't be the same parents our parents were. It's, yeah. a, different, it's a different situation. Right? Masculinity is very different. Like when we were young kids or even up until 12, 12, 13, 14, you go to a party, what are all the men doing? How yeah. are they acting? Yeah. You know, they're... They're, they're not flashy. spending any time with their family. They're not spending yeah. any time with their family. They're flashy and yeah. so forth. And yeah. you know, some people they're super involved in sports or they're yeah. always just hanging out with the boys yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So when you see that, what you essentially saw was I get to have this life over here, which is fun with yeah. my friends and so forth. And I'll just come home and I'll kind of, but it doesn't really work like that. I think that. They, it, it, I would compare it to they have an arrangement. Yeah. And then there's being in love and having a relationship. It's yeah. two different things. Yeah. Those are two people living together as an arrangement, have their whatever situation that it's an unwritten agreement that they have. Like you bring yeah. the money, I'll keep it cooked, clean, yeah. take care of the kids. But we, there's no love. And I think for future generations, you have to bring, well, you can't bring the love into a relationship without having that respect and understanding that it's mutual. Everything's mutual. Yeah. Unlearning some of yeah. the shit that we have from a, you know from childhood yeah. and relearning and understanding that life essentially life is an evolution you evolve yeah. whether it's year by year day by day decade by decade you are evolving you're not the same person you were five years ago so if we understand that 
if more people go into this, this thing called marriage or even just, let's just talk relationships as in, I know I'm not going to be the same after I've been with this person for a little while or however long, and that's okay. Yeah. Spend more time in that relationship. Right. If you can, and if it's allowable, live together. Because the biggest culture shock for me was moving in together. I agree. Right? My wife has extreme OCD coming to clean all that. I, you know, leave your shorts on the ground, stuff like that. And you start to see that I would leave my stuff around and I would start to see like, holy shit, this stuff's really bothering her. Yeah. But it was so fucking hard for me to stop because I lived my life for the last, you know, 27 years doing this way. And now I got to change because of her. But I think love is the common denominator, yeah. right? Love is the common, common denominator that will make you want to change. Yeah. I love my wife. The fuck, she wants me to make sure my shit's clean. I'll fucking clean. Yeah. Because I know she's reciprocating it in her way. Exactly. Not that reciprocation matters, but it's the fact that she is willing to change for me. I'm willing to change for her. And together we're molding into these two individuals that connect. I agree. I think growing together is extremely important. Because um, a lot of people can meet at a young age. Then when they're getting older and they're, you know, a few years into their marriage, whatever, now they start changing. Now they're not into the same things. Right. I think that's extremely important. Having a firm foundation, which I believe will be created from you know, time, knowing mm -hmm. each other and so forth. Um, and then just knowing what you're signing up for right. and the level of responsibility that comes with it. So with that, I would say, what would you say or what, what what's your one tip to someone watching this that's probably debating on whether they should get married, shouldn't get married, if they should wait to get married, what's the perfect approach? Mm -hmm. We just spoke about there's a 50 to 60% uh, divorce rate. Mm -hmm. In your eyes, how do you think that the people listening or the younger youth can mitigate this? Because in my opinion, if the Canadian average is 50 to 60%, I think that if you narrowed in just on the South Asian community of people born from 1980 to 1990, just that 10 year segment, it's going to be more than 50%, I feel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is because there's certain flaws in our community right. and so forth. Um, if you wanted to just speak to that, what's yeah. a tip that we could kind of I wrap think, things I, up with? I think one, one tip is hard, but if I was to go on another ramble, I would say it starts with you. What? Uh, forget about your partner. What are you willing to compromise is the wrong word, but grow out of what's important to you? Do you know yourself well enough to know that I can go into a relationship and provide value in someone else's life and learn to be loved? And you know, like it, it comes down to that. I think it's just like knowing yourself and knowing how much are you willing to give in and give out and receive to be able to make a beautiful relationship together. And it's a work of art. It's right. something that takes a labor of love, it takes time, and it takes a lot of change, but the end product, it, bro, I'm telling you, is so fucking rewarding that it's worth all the arguments. It's worth all the change, it's worth shedding all that old, old habits that you had, all that old skin that you have, and you become the person you've always wanted to be. People are able to achieve that single too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that you know you can only be the person you want to be if you're with someone. But you find the right person and they bring the best out in you. You go to the fucking ends of the world for that right. person. Right. That's yeah. what I would say. What about you? Yeah. No. I, I think I, I would definitely uh, agree with that. Um, I, I would think that when it comes to certain fundamental values. Mm -hmm make sure you're aligned on some of those things, mm -hmm. right? Some fundamental things of, of ways that you would, would like to live your life and so forth. Mm -hmm. I think that stuff is important. And then, I mean, I think 
maybe just a little bit of time, yeah. right? Some time together and, and I'm starting to think that you're probably better off making that decision to get married in your late 20s, close to 30. I agree. Right? And, yeah. and if someone's watching this and you got, you're with someone, oh, I really think this is the person and you're 23 right now, give it a little bit you know it's okay just give it a little bit and this is where the community comes in parents need to stop rushing kids into it to go uh -huh. like if you think about it for a second the way they treat it is like you're going to the to the to the dealership to get a car yeah. right get that film more lovely I like so, the, uh, uh, I like you know, the way this feels. Yeah, exactly. And you come back and say, huh, lovely. Yeah. Right? And we'll, we'll, you spent a couple of words. Yeah, this seems like the person and so yeah. forth. And it's been working. Mm -hmm. Arranged marriages do work. Um, and they have in the past. But I think if you're going to take it upon yourself to find the person that you're going to find, you need to give it a little bit more time. I think time is the, time is the only thing that you, you... And you know what? People need to understand... You're not fucking old at 25. No, you're not, we feel 30 like, is literally the new 20. Exactly. We, we we talk about this all yeah, the time. I agree. Like I feel I'm I'm 31 now. Am I 31? Yeah, I think turning 32. Turning 32 this year. I feel like what I felt like at 21. This new type of like I'm in this new world is like whole another realm yeah. and. I remember being 20 thinking the 30 year olds, what's this old head doing in the club? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But now I'm thinking, oh shit, okay, like this is a whole nother hemisphere I'm in. Exactly. I've traveled to the other side of the world with this yeah. bitch, right? So we put unnecessary pressures on ourselves I because so. of our community or because of just life. We see things a certain way, we wanna jump into that. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes we probably make decisions a little quicker and faster than we need to and yeah. we probably could take some time. Just take the fucking pressure off. That's Everybody it. Just, man. We just relax. I'm just trying to live, man. That's it, man. Thanks, man. So that was a good episode, good, man. Peace awesome. and love.